Good evening. Uh, nice to be back in the same room and to actually see people and not palm trees. Uh, today we are learning Maseches Babakama Da Pezain. What? I know. And I, we look better than palm trees. In fact, uh, you guys look better than palm trees. You do. Uh, we're learning Daf Pezayin. It's actually a pretty well-known uh, Daf. As when we get to the Mishnah in the middle of the page on Pezayin and Aleph, you'll see a lot of familiar ideas. But we're starting about twelve lines or so from the bottom on Pevav Amid Beis. Let's continue with our the Mishnah that we were analyzing. The Mishnah had said, "Hamavayish This is quoting the Mishnah at the top of the page. Just glance up. You embarrass someone, even if the person is blind, which is the example of the Gemara. That's obviously not like Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. The Tanya Rabbi Yehuda Omer Suma Ein Laboshas. Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that a Suma, not that he has no busha emotionally, but it just means halachically that he doesn't get paid for for being embarrassed. We are on the bottom of Pei Vav Amid Beis about um, 11 lines from the bottom of the page at the two dots. V'kachaya Rabbi Yehuda Potro, it should be Potro, he was he would potter the Summa from all of the following. Michai Galios, that if a Summa were to inadvertently kill, he would not be uh, sent into Galus. Michai Malkios, that in a case where a person who can see would have otherwise been obligated in Malkos, a person who's a Summa would not. Michai Misos Bezdin, and as well, if a person who was a Summa did an act that would otherwise have brought about a Chiyuv Misas Bezdin, because he's a Summa, he's Pater. My time under Rabbi Yehuda. Why does Rabbi Yehuda have this seemingly odd Shita that really kind of separates out a Summa from regular halachic observance, slash, in this case, Onshin? He says, Gomar, Einecha, Einecha me'edim zomimim. We have two Psukim. One Pasuk says, V'katsosas kapa lo sachos Einecha. The other pasuk says, "Velosachos einecha nefesh benefesh ein beayin shein b'shein yad beyad regel beragel." And the Gemara says that uh, because of this gzir shavim edim zomimim, what do we learn? Ten lines from the bottom on pei vav midbeis mahasam suma lo. Just like in that case, a suma would be pater. Av hacha suma lo. Also in these other cases, he'd also be pater. This drasha is a little difficult. Av hacha suma lo. Uh, from Adam Zomerman back to the case of Akatsosa, and it doesn't really explain how we got to all of those halachic areas of uh, of exemption that Rabbi Yehuda felt was true by Asuma, and therefore the Gemara goes through each of the various cases that Rabbi Yehuda had already said that Asuma would be putter from. How do we know that if a, a summa, a person who's blind inadvertently kills, that he isn't sent to Galus to Tanya? The Pasuk says below Reos. In context, it's a little bit of a longer Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Oh, Evan Asher Yamusba, below Reos, Yamos, Lo Oyev, Lo, So the word below Reos, Prat Lesuma. This comes to exclude a summa, dear Yehuda. The Pasuk is talking about killing someone, Shalobekavana. If you kill someone, Shalobekavana, so normally you go to Gullus. But when it says the language of below Reos, that is an exclusion for a summa. Uh, that is what Rabbi Yehuda says. Rav Meir argues the exact opposite, and we're going to get into why they argue. Rav Meir, Omer, Omer, no, it's the exact opposite. Le Rabos es asuma. It is to include asuma 
into the Isser of Galus. So therefore, we have a Machlokes Tanoim. If Asuma were to kill inadvertently, would he go to Galus, yes or no? Rabbi Yehuda says he would not because he's Asuma. The Pasuk excludes him. Reb Meir would say, yes, he does, because the Pasuk includes him. Now we have to see how each of them learned the Pesukim. Says the Gemara, seven lines or so, six lines from the bottom of the page on Pevav Amid Beis. My time of Rabbi Yehuda. Why does Rabbi Yehuda say that Asuma is Pater from going into Galos if he accidentally kills? Amar Lach, Rabbi Yehuda would explain, that if you have a friend who's coming into the forest, um, he's coming there to chop wood, and as he does so, the handle, the Nashal HaBarzel Min Ha'etz, that the handle of the axe falls off. That's not very good. You don't want that to happen. And in this case, it killed someone. So the Pasuk seems to say, If your friend comes into the forest, a very broad language of who might be the one coming into the forest, we would have thought from the Pashtas of this Pasuk that Asuma is included. However, And Rabbi Huda looks at the words below Ra'os and says that because the baseline of the Pasuk that speaks about um, seems to be even a summa. It must be that the words below Ra'os is the Me'ute. I have a Reb Meir. What would Reb Meir do? We understand how Reb Yehuda got to the position that a summa would be Pater from going to Galos. So he says, Reb Meir says, That is Mi'ut number one. And that's a double exclusion. And when we have a double exclusion, it triggers a very important halachic rule. And that is, It's kind of like two minuses. When you multiply two minuses, you end up with a positive number. So when you have a miut, achar miut, when you have two miutim in the same halachic sugya, it has to be lerabos. So whereas Rabbi Yehuda seemingly doesn't learn miut, achar miut, we'll see why he doesn't in a moment. Therefore, Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Huda says that you're going to be potter from Galus because we only have one mute, which therefore excludes the Summa. However, Rabbi Meir says it's mute achar mute because we have below Raos and Bivli Das. Rabbi Huda, three lines from the bottom. What do you do with the Limud of Rav Meir, which seems to be pretty rock solid, that it's mute achar mute? He says, don't worry. Hai Bivli Das. When the Pasuk says Bivli Das, that's prat lemiskavin hudasa. That's coming to teach us to exclude a case where someone is uh, it has particular kavana. So the point is that bivli das is not another mute. It's talking about a different halachic issue, and therefore there is no miut achar miut. Yes, Rabbi Yehuda does agree to miut achar miut. It's just that this isn't a case of miut achar miut. All right. So then we've explained uh, what the machloka says between Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda in regards to Mechai Galus, where Rav Yehuda holds that a summa who kills inadvertently is pater from Galus, and Rav Meir holds that he'd be chayiv in Galus. What about chayiv misos bezdin? So there, the Gemara has a, a very simple gzera shava. Asya rotzeach rotzeach mechayiv Galus. So we have our primary limud, which seemingly is the case of mechayiv veGalios, and we have rotzeach rotzeach from one world. To another, and therefore we learn Chayve Misos Bezdin from Mechayve Galios. What about Chayve Malkios? How do we know that a Suma would be putter from Malkos? We know, let's just talk about a classical case scenario where I eat something that I should not eat, and there's a Chiv Malkos on me, there's Adem, and I did it, I did the Isser perfectly. And I very Shema, I did it perfectly. That's not really an Averi Shema, but I did it perfectly. So the Gemara says, Chayve Malkios, Asa Rasha Rasha, Mechayve Misos Bezdin. This is very interesting. We have cascading Gzeros Shava. We have our initial one of Einecha, Einecha. We have the one by Mechaive Galios. 
which is a little bit more of a complex limud. Then we have the one about Mechaive Bezdin, and then we have Mechaive Malkos, learning from Mechaive Bezdin. So each one is connected to the other um, in what might be considered a tenuous way, but Halacha actually deems it to be a perfectly valid Gzeiro Shava. This is an important rule in regards to Gzeiro Shava. You can build Gzeiro Shava from one case to another, uh, assuming that it, that the first one is correct and that the second one's also correct and therefore the third one's also true because that's an example like we see here. Tanya Idach. Uh, we have another brisa about Rabbi Yehuda in regards to a Summa. Last line of Pevavamid Beis. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Summa ain't lo Boshes. A very similar idea that when it comes to a Summa, there is no din of Boshes. As we turn to the top of Pezayin Amid Aleph, This is broader. On the previous Amud, Rabbi Yehuda simply said that there were a certain collection of Onshin that would not apply to a Summa. This is even bigger. Seemingly, it applies to every single halacha in Chumash. My time at Rabbi Huda. Why would Rabbi Huda say that a summa is potter mikol dinim shebatora? Seemingly, mitzvos say and losase. Amarka v'shafetuha ida ben hamakel ben aguel adam al hamishpatim ha'ele. So this is what the drush is. Kol sheyeshno b'maku uvegoel hadam yeshno b'mishpatim. Anyone who has shaykhs to the own shin of Make and Goel Hadam, so then those people are shaykh by Mishpatim. Kol Adam. But if there were to be a person, and this person that Rabbi Huda is talking about is a Summa, if we have a Summa who's not shaykh by the world of Maka and by Goel Hadam, then Eino Mishpatim. And that means that a person who's blind, and we know that there were great Amoraim who were blind. We're going to learn about one of them, uh, as we've already learned a dozen times, many dozen times, actually, Rabbi Yosef was blind. We'll learn about him soon. But he was Pater. Fascinating idea. Does that mean he can do Isuri de Oraisa? I don't think so. I don't know. He's Pater from the essays. He's Pater from Onshinan Isurim and Pater from doing Mitzvos Asay. But Lechora, while there may not be an Onesh, Lechora, there's still an Isser involved in, uh, in doing a Maise Isser. Typically, Pater means Pater Abelaser, right. Right. Can't do it, there's just no. Mm -hmm. Yes. We use the same language over here that Potro me called Dinim Shebetora, but Potro by Mitzvah Saseh means you have no Chiv. Sure. So a little bit of a different language. Me called Dinim Shebetora, very difficult. Well, potro, as it relates to the losa, say shabo is, is potter avalaser. Yeah. Yeah, because potro is a language of bidiyabed. It's not a language of lechad Okay. Tanya idach, another brysa, five, six lines down on pezayin and Aleph. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Summa in the Boshes, same idea, third brysa, second brysa plus a Mishnah, actually. And here, Rabbi Yehuda says that he's uh, potter from Boshes. V'chein hayer Rabbi Yehuda potro mikol mitzvos ha'amuros batora. Slightly different language than above, and this is a whole new ballgame. This is even broader than the previous one. Pater is Pater Avalaser, like we were saying earlier. This seems to be Potromikol Mitzvos Hamuros Batoro. I I don't know. Um, Balabatish, that just sounds like he, he's he's completely exempt from keeping halacha. That's what it sounds like. Any other thoughts on that? It seems like it. Okay. Why would Rabbi Yehuda say that a summa is pater mikol mitzvos ha'amuros patora? Because Amar Kra, ve'ele ha'mitzvos ha'chukim ve'hamishpatim. Kol she'yeshno b'mishpatim, yeshno b'mitzvos ve'chukim. 
very simple drasha. I mean, simple in a way. It's a very simple drasha to read the words. And what it basically means is that a summa is going to be pater from mitzvos v'chukim. Mitzvos v'chukim in the drasha is limited. That's only mitzvos say. Um, uh, usually chukim or shatnes, whatever whatever falls into the category of a chok. But lemaisa, it seems that mitzvos and chukim are, are pater. Okay. Amar of Yosef, who was blind, Meresh, initially, in my first limud of this sugya, says Rav Yosef, and we're a third of the way down on Pezayin Amad Aleph, Hava Amina, I would have said, Man Amar Halacha Rabbi Yehuda, the one who says that the Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, who, again, not Rav Meir, what did Rav Yehuda hold? The Amar Suma Pater Mina Mitzvos, Ka'avdina Yomotava L'Rabbana. I would make a whole Kiddush and show. I was so excited, because initially he said what I thought was, if a summa is pater for mitzvahs and I'm doing them, I have a great reward. My time, because the lo mafkedina, I wasn't obligated v'ka'avdina mitzvahs and I was doing them. But the hashda the shamas Rebchanina, Once I came across the din of Rebchanina, that I made an error, says Reb Yosef, and how I understood the model of halacha when you're not technically obligated. Hashda the shamas lahadu Rebchanina, the amar Rebchanina. Now that I know that the reward is greater for those who are commanded and fulfill a mitzvah, as opposed to those who are not commanded and fulfill a mitzvah, then I would say, Because he was blind and he wanted to find the greatest way for him to do the reward. So if the din was taka like Rabbi Yehuda, that assumes pater mina mitzvos, and if it's true that not like Rabbi Chanina, that uh, you get a, you get more reward just for doing something even when you're not obligated. So then he wanted the din to be like Rabbi Yehuda, because that was uh, that was that was ideal for him. But if the din is like Rabbi Chanina, that gadol hamitzuva ve'ose, then he doesn't want to hear that the din is like Rabbi Yehuda, because then there's no way for him to be a lechatchila yid. Yes, he can fulfill mitzvahs, but it's never going to be gadol hamitzvah And if we say not like Reb Chanina, that would mean that a woman should pursue every mitzvah that is available to her, even those that are not shaykh to her. So tefillin, which is complicated, I, I don't know, lulav and esrog, tzitzis, we don't really see these things so much. We see shofar, we see a couple of them that are that we try to be very makbid on. The maisa with tefillin, it's a little bit complicated. The postkim discuss there's a big debacle a couple of years ago with a school in New York that let some girls put on tefillin. I don't know if you saw the principal penned a whole article about it. Ayn Sham or or don't don't be Ayn Sham, but it's a fascinating discussion. It uh, the post can discuss it. it. You're right. It's a mitzvah saseh and a mitzvah saseh has man grama. A woman is allowed, and it may even be commendable under certain circumstances for a woman to do, maybe. But there are some secondary limits to, to these issues, nida, whatever the case may be. Okay. So, yeah, and then uh, my time. Well, why is it that he wanted it to be that the halacha was not like him? Because uh, he said, had it been that the din was not like Rabbi Huda and that the din was like Rav Meir, that I really had a chiyuv as a summa, then I would have gotten more schar. So from a schar perspective, uh, after he learned about the dinner of Reb Chanina, he always wanted it to be that the halacha was not like Reb Yehuda. So says the Gemara, fascinating discussion about blind people and halacha. Uh, one should just be careful in repeating these when there are those around who can't see. Um, and also there are some fascinating halachic things about how we define a summa. What if you have someone who is legally blind without their glasses? Like, do they fall together summa? 
how high on the chart do you have to see to not be a summa? Or does summa mean I can see zero? Probably not, because right? I would imagine there were, I don't know. I'm just saying, what are the gradations of summa? I'm asking, I'm not saying, I'm asking. Because back in the day, there were people who were keha'enav, they couldn't see well. We still refer to them as blind. Yitzchak in the Torah discusses by uh, Yaakov and Esav. Huh? Cataracts, potentially, whatever the issues were that they couldn't see. They also had no measure. They had no, that's why I think there's a... Um, zero correction. There's, they couldn't correct, not the way... No, not, but like my brother, Al-Vasham, was... I mean, that guy was blind as a bat. I mean, he without his glasses, he couldn't identify people, nothing. He just... Yeah, you're the same. Yeah. So, okay, and then if that person's a summa, let's say, let's say that person's a summa, and then they have corrective lenses, are they no longer a summa, or are they still a summa? <laughs> uh, that's not a Pasha It's not Pasha I've never heard of it either. Mamish pokeh ivrim every morning when you put on your glasses. Maybe that's why. you get your laser surgery. These are, I, I'm not even saying these are Shilas and Postkin. I've never looked into the Suga. I'm just saying off the page, it it bothers me that I don't know the answer, but that do we say a Summa is categorical, that they mamish see darkness or or whatever they see, which I presume is darkness because they can't, they can't bring in light. Okay, let's go. New Mishnah, halfway down, second of the wide lines, Pezayin Manala. Zechomer ba'adami b'shor. There is a Chumra of when a person hurts a person as opposed to when a shore hurts a shore. If a man hurts someone, and the example in the Mishnah is if a man hurts a woman, he's obligated to pay six things. He's obligated to pay Nezek, Tsar, Ripui, Shebes, and Boshes, which was really our Mishnah from a couple of days ago, which I believe was on the top of some previous page. My pages aren't turning well, but I believe it was on Pei Dalet. Was it Pei Gimel? It was Pei Gimel. Okay, whatever it was. Uh, but over here, that's a chumrah by a man hurting another person that he has to pay these five things. And if he and if he damages a, a viable fetus, then he's obligated to pay for that as well. This we also learned earlier in the Masechda, that if a shore damages a person, he's, he only has to pay for nezek. The Mishnah continues. <laughs> Let's say that a uh, a child hits his father or mother in a way that hurts them, but there's no bruise. Or uh, or if I uh, if I give you a good dead arm with a bruise, even with a bruise on Yom Kippur, The reason why on Yom Kippur you're not going to be you're not going to be putter because of kamei b'derabamine is because the halachic status of Yom Kippur and Shabbos are not the same, and the chabura that you would make on Yom Kippur is chayiv kores and not chayiv misa which would otherwise be done biskila, like on Shabbos. So therefore, there's no kamle by Yom Kippur. So you'd have to pay all of the uh, the appropriate chamesh, the five payments, nezek, tzaripu, Shabbos, and boshes. Hachovel be'evet ivri, let's say I have an evet ivri, so he's a yid, chay bekulan, if I hurt him, then I have to pay all five. Chutz min ha'sheves bizman shu shelo. I don't have to pay the evet sheves because I'm the one who loses out on the sheves. My, he's my employee, and I, I'm the one who caused the lack of, that's not good. Okay. 
you can already see that this is jam-packed. These kinds of lines have a lot of a lot of factors. If I injure an Ebed Kanani who belongs to someone else, Chayab Bechulan, Rabbi Huda Omer ein le'avadim boshes. Rabbi Huda says that there is no busha for avadim. This seems a little bit like a party line uh, because Rabbi Huda just spent the last amud teaching us that a summa also has no boshes. Uh, no, no boshes. He said that, yeah, right. Um, and then the Mishnah continues. This part is pretty well known. When you engage with them, things are bad. Why? Because if you injure a cheresh or a shotev, a katan, then you owe money. But if they hurt you, they're completely potter. So let's play out a case scenario. You and a cheresh are in a fist fight. And you both punch each other at the same exact time and have the same exact damage. You both broke each other's left orbital bones right here. You got, you just nailed yeah. it. Everybody's done. If I'm a pikeach, I have to pay you. And if you're a cheresh, you don't have to pay me. That's pigiyasan ra. That even though the same exact thing happened between my damage to you and your damage, it doesn't matter. Pigiyasan ra. And as well, ha'evid isha pigiyasan ra. Also, to be engaged and involved with an evid or an isha, also getting involved with them is also not good because if I heard an Evid or an Isha, I have to pay all five. But but an Evid or an Isha would not have to pay. This is under an assumption that a woman is somech al shulchan shalbala. And an Evid, of course, has no money. Pashat, that's true. But this assumes that a woman is kind of the more typical shas scenario where a woman is meshuba to her husband and she gives her money to her husband and he takes care of her with that money as per the ksuba, which we saw very rigid dinim about meaning I will see that's what the Mishnah continues exactly, David, is that at a later point in her life, if if the person who she injured has yet to be paid back, she'll have to pay later. Niskarsha ha'isha or nishtachrer ha'eved. If the woman becomes divorced or the eved becomes freed, chayoven l'shalim. When she is financially independent, or, and this is not listed, or if the dynamic of the marriage shifts where she keeps her paycheck and then he doesn't have to feed her anymore, that there too, l'chora, the Mishnah doesn't say it. I'm just, I'm jumping off the page, but l'chora, that would be the case. Literally, it's as simple as you can. But two have nothing to pay. Right, right, but but, but it's not a tour. Just It's kicking the can down the road. It's yeah, exactly right. Okay, next case six seven lines from the bottom of the page. Unlike our first case when we spoke about Good day for my dad not to be here. Uh, is if I were to hurt one of my parents with a chabura or as opposed to Yom Kippur. Potter mikulan nidon Wow, not good. They, these are the shilas of giving your father an injection and bruises, those kinds of things. I give myself an injection all the time, once a month, in my thigh. Not pleasant. If my father asked me to do so, would that be allowed? That's a big deal in the post game. If you can do surgery on your, even if you're the expert, can you do surgery on a parent? Uh, can you do a, a tooth extract? Anything, anything that can be that can cause a chabur. You're you misa. It's not an extraction. Even nothing, cleaning. even a cleaning, nothing, Any, no, anything. Yeah, yeah, that's the pashtus, is that even if it's uh, latovasa, right? You would think actually the halim will be the opposite, right? Because it's nichon. It, it seems not. I mean, it's not according to dental school. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. 
Father's like, you make me bleed. You may. <laughs> wow. But that's the Pashto says that you are causing a Chabura. That you are. You're causing damage. You know, we have a din like this. Can a, a parent can can a parent be mochal on their kabbur? Like, could there be mechila of a, a kabbura? No problem. Although the the losase shabo was saras, but it does it shouldn't matter. The principle of a se losase should apply to a. So technically speaking, there are ways to do circumcisions with zero blood. It is possible uh, if you if you do lasers, if you have certain shields and certain there are techniques. Um, and it technically speaking, a bris would still be kosher if there was no blood, but we're makbar on damu. So that's where this Bronstein clamp that came out that uh, I used to use uh, them in the secular chavra. People told on me. But I had a I had a masora to use it under certain circumstances. Uh, it's a latch. It's basically a hinge device. It's a U-shaped hinge device that opens in the middle. And it, there's a hinge here at the bottom. And you put the orla in, and then you can clamp, close, and it latches very tight. It's a hemostatic clamp. It cuts off about 90 to 95% of the bleeding. As a moel, it is fantastic. Big fan makes my life a lot easier. So there were big shadows. The Rabbanut in Yerushalayim wrote a scathing letter about it 15 years ago or more. I don't remember exactly when they were big, big hawk in the yeshiva belt. So I had a case scenario where a family was here and I did the bris. It was on Lunt. It was local, but they were driving in the car for three and a half hours. That was part of my Masora. You can use the Mugain shield as we refer to it. You can use the Mugain when there's like a very long travel because it really does minimize risk. And the postgim are makel. Mamai said they're makel because there's no such thing as a circumcision without any blood. Two days later, I was on the phone with Rabbi First about something else. He goes, oh, I got a phone call about you. I'm like, ooh, this doesn't sound good. Getting called to the principal's office. And he said, somebody said, you use the mugging. I said, I did. I, I have a Masora to use it under certain circumstances. He said, okay, but I'm just letting you know that, uh, that if you use it, people are going to talk about you. I said, tell me it's usser, Rebbe. He said, I can't tell you that it's usser, but I can tell you that people are going to talk about you. And then I then spoke with Rav Gedalia Schwartz, I spoke to him, asked the same exact Shaila. Nobody called him about me, but Baruch Hashem, that would have been awkward. He's my neighbor. Uh, so I, I said the same exact thing. I said, tell me it's usher. He said, I cannot tell you that it's usher, but the yeshiva belt will not allow it to happen. So if you use it, people are going to talk about you. Same exact thing. So I said, I don't understand. Why can't people just say that it's mutter? He said, I could, but it wouldn't help. He said, uh, it's already, the psak is bigger than halacha. You know, it's a... If you leave it on for long enough, there might not be blood. But okay, let's continue. Um, good. If I have an Eved Kanani and I am Chovel on my own Eved, Potter Mikulan, I don't have to pay anything. All right, let's get into a couple of halachic sugyas. Five lines from the bottom on Pezayin Amaralah. If I were to create a Chabalah, if I were to injure somebody else's Kitana child, who does the damage money go to? Does it go to the daughter or does it go to the father? This we learned about in a previous Masechta, that money that comes in uh, for Kedushin, any money that she makes as a child, because all of that goes to the Av, we therefore extend the father's rights from Shvach Urim to Chabala Nami De'Avu 
my time, or why would we say that? Because if I were to injure your daughter, so then that lowers her value. Odilma, or perhaps we don't say that there's a link, an equivalence between shvach ne'urim and chabala dollars. Odilma, shvach ne'urim rachmana, only money of shvach ne'urim uh, money. She makes v'chulei on all of that. He has full rights even to marry her off to the least attractive person in town. He has the rights to do that because there's money involved and there's kiddushin dollars involved. So he has all the rights there. Since the father is not allowed to injure her, therefore therefore the Torah doesn't give the father the right to collect the chabala dollars. So which one do we say? Amar lei, Rav said back, who asked the question? Rav said back to Rabbi Elazar, we're on the top of Pei Zion Amad Beis. We're going to head to the top uh, three lines of Pei Ches Amad Aleph. Amar lei, lo la'av, bilvad. We take the first approach in the Chakira presented on the bottom of the previous Amud, that a father only has access to Shvach Nurim. And therefore, if I were to injure if I were to break a tooth of someone else's child, the money goes to the child. It's a big chiddush in halacha. It's a big chiddush. Because that child doesn't even conceptually have a bank account. Okay. Esve, the Gemara has a problem with this. Some say Mesve. I don't know the difference between Esve and Mesve. But I know that they are both bringing sources from Tanaim to ask a question. And here's the Brisa. Hachovel be'ever ivri. We just learned in our uh, Mishnah that if I'm chovel on an Ebed Ivri Chai Bechulan, that uh, I'm obligated to pay four out of the five. Chutz mina sheves bizman shushalo. I don't have to pay for sheves when he's working for me. Rashi explains how this question um, is fully articulated. Look at the fourth line of Rashi. The hachanami kevan debito maiseyadeha shelo lishkol sheves dido. He says that perhaps it should be the case that since the daughter, her Maisa Yadaim go to him, so then he should be able to get her Sheves. But that seems to not be what the previous case was. Why Why shouldn't she get, why shouldn't the father get the Chabala? In this case of Hachovel Be'evet Ivri, we have a diuk about the daughter, the diuk that Rashi indicates, that the father should at least get the Sheves. So Amar Abaye, Mode Rabbe Sheves, the Maisa Yadaim, Ad Shas Bagros, He does admit, Rav will admit that the shva, the that the sheves of the daughter, um, because the maise yadeha is until bagros, until that age, close to twelve, he agrees that sheves would would go to the daughter. Esve, another question. Let's say that I were to injure one of my children. Yitain lo miyad. So the child has to get paid right away. Bibno katan. If I were to injure a younger one of my children, yaase lo segula. What does that mean? Yaselo segula. We'll see by the end of the day today, Mir Hashem, what segula we're talking about. Achovel bebito ktana. This was our kasha. We wanted to know. Rabbi Lazar asks Rav, what about if I am chovel bebito ktana? The Gemara says, Pater. At the very top of the page, though, we saw the shita of Rav, that Rav said that the father only gets shvach and urim, which means that the money goes to the daughter. So Rav said the money goes to the daughter. This piece of the Brisa says, Not only that, We have a very explicit case over here where the money does go to the father, Taka. So that's a big problem. 
So the Gemara says, Hachanami b'sheves. We're only talking over here about Sheves. We're not talking about Nezek. Sheves goes to the father. Nezek goes to the daughter. So again, splits and bifurcation so that we have very, very nuanced cases. And this goes back a couple of days ago when we were discussing the interconnectedness between Nezek and Sheves. Do we say that any, any is everything dependent on the Nezek? What if there was no Nezek and there was only Boshes and all of those different iterations? The Gemara says eight or nine lines down at the two dots on Pezayin and Mabes. We had said that if a father injures one of his older children, that the child gets paid right away. Hold on one second. Uriminu, we have a brisa. If I injure your children, then yes, I have to pay your older child immediately and your younger child will get a segula. Again, we'll see what that means at the bottom of the page. But let's look here at the end of the b'risa that questions our havamina. Over here, it says in the b'risa, black on white, that if I were to injure one of my own older children, that I don't pay them miyad, I'm pater. So that's a problem because the previous Brisa had said that we paid, I would pay my son immediately if I hurt him. Masha'en came, this Brisa says I would be putter if I hurt my son. So which one is it? Amre Lokasha. And here's where the Lamdus kicks in. Kan kishe somchen al sholchano. Kan kishe ein somchen al sholchano. When a child is somechan sholchano, there's no point in giving him money. His money is my money because he eats at my table. However, Khan, when we have let's say that I were to have a very entrepreneurial child and he's raking it in and he says, I don't want your food anymore. I'm keeping a separate cabinet with all of my food. He's not so anymore. And that child is the one that I injure. So then I have to pay him miyad. That's the distinction. So if I hurt an older child, there's no machlokas in the brises. If my child is somechal shulchani, then I don't have to pay him if I injure him. If my child is not somechal shulchani, then I do have to pay him if I injure him. So says the Gemara, a third of the way down, wait one second. How did you just establish the kamaisa, this brisa? We just said that the brisa is bishe'en smuchen al shulchano. That we said that bishe'en smuchen al shulchano, when my son is not going to be um, on my table, when he doesn't rely on my food, then I have to pay him. Ihachi, then the Ema Seifa also has to be the same case where the child is Ein Somchen al Sholchano. Let's see how that case reads. Achobel Bibito Akhtana Pater, that if a man injures uh, his own daughter who's a Ktana, he's Pater. If other people were to injure my daughter, they have to pay me the money. But why would they have to pay me the money? We just established this Brysa as Ein Smuchen al Sholchano that the case was where she is not relying on my my food. She has her own bank account. She has a job. She might be 10, but she has a babysitting job. She makes enough to eat her own food. So says the Gemara, why would the money go to her? The money should have gone to the Ktana, because she has to pay for her own food. So if you're saying that the difference between Bryson number one and Bryson number two is Somechal Shulchanu, where one child is Somechal Shulchanu and one is not, that causes a big problem in this Brysa. Ve'afilu, second to the last of the short lines on Pezayin and Medbeis, halfway down. Ve'afilu lemanda Omar, even if you want to say, Yochel harav lomar le'eved asemi ve'nizoncha, even in a case where you want to be able to say that a master can tell his eved, you're going to work for me, but I'm not going to sustain you. Hanimili be'eved kanani. That's not true by a yid, and it's not true by an isha. That's only true by an eved kanani. To Omar le'e, 
You will work for me all day. And at night, you have to go out, sell some stuff, and make some money for yourself. You're not a paid worker. You're a slave. But that's only true by an Eved Kanani. You're not allowed to do that. All the more so that will be true with a daughter. So even according to those who might want to say, that doesn't apply to a woman. So we're back to our question of how can you say that the case is and at the same time say, she's not the one who gets the money, but the father does. So says the Kamara, you're absolutely right. She does get the primary money. In another place, as you can see on the side here, we saw this in Maseches Ksubis, that we're only talking about the extra money going to the father. You're absolutely right. In a case where a girl is if a girl is 10 years old, she has a tremendous business, she's raking it in and she goes to jewel on her own and she buys her own food. She's not so much and, and that's my daughter and then somebody hurts my daughter. You pay her the costs of damages. However, there might be extra money that goes beyond what she should get, beyond the, the amount that I would have otherwise given her. That money, Taka, goes to the father. The Mayu Kimta Libasraisa. How did we explain the second bride? So we had said it was bismuchen ashulchano. We had said earlier that if a, an older child is injured and he's somich ashulchano, that they're pater. So it says the Gemara, gedolam yitin lehem miyat ketanam yasalim segula. The Gemara says that the older child, they get paid right away. And the ketanim uh, get this segula that we have yet to learn about. So there's somich ashulchano. How can the brises say that yitin lehem miyat? Why does the money go to them? If there's so al shulchano, then the money should go to the father. So Amri, the Gemara says, When is a father going to be makbed on collecting money? That's when there's a chisarun. But if something happens on its own, so then lo kapid. Says the Gemara, that, that's not true. Because of Hametziah, let's say one of my kids finds an expensive object, if one of my young children were to find a lost object, it's not theirs, it's mine. Because there's so many shulchanim. The Gemara says, Amre, revacha de alma. When something happens to my child, they get hurt. And there is no pain. So in this case, if there's a revacha, if there's a gain and it doesn't hurt, such as finding a lost object, copy, the father's going to want to get it back. If one of my kids, if a child gets injured, father's not going to want that money. If my kid gets hurt and there's a, a settlement, the kid can have the money. <laughs> the kid can have the money. We have another case. We have the following case where you tried to lay down some rules that if there's tsar in the goof and it happened from an external source that we uh, that we would let the child keep the money. Here we see the kakapi, the katani, eight lines from the bottom of the page on Pezayin and Mabez. The katani, we see that the money goes to the father here. Afalp that the child was the one that got hurt. Says the Gemara, Amre, Hosam de Gavra Kapdanahu. Here, the father's a jerk. The father is uh, he's money hungry. He grabs every penny. Daha, how do we know this to be true? He doesn't let his kids eat from his table. He tells the kids from a young age, go get a job. Goodbye. I'm not feeding you after age 10. Go, uh, go figure it out on your own. 
Then Then even if it were to happen on its own, the father would be Makbit. But in our case, here the father's a nice guy. How do we know he's a nice guy? Because he lets him come to the Shabbos table. Parenting 101. I don't know how this works today, but hard knocks. I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you, but as far as I, I feed my children, there's so many chal shulchani, and it's very expensive. The smuchen al shulchano, they are that. That's how we know the father's a good guy. And then kika kapid the When is the father makbid? Only when there's a loss to him. But if the child just got hurt, and the, and the person says, "Look, I'm really sorry. Here's a thousand dollars." The kid can keep the thousand dollars. But bimidi de asilumayalma lo kapid. My segula, what is this segula that we were saying that a child would, would get? If a child does get hurt, we should get them a segula. Yikes. Buckle up. Sefer Torah. Just a small $50,000 and a year of work for some sofer. Rabbi Barahuna Amar, Dikla de Achil Mine Tamrin. A palm tree. A little bit less expensive, I presume. I've never purchased one. I don't know. The Gemara jumps back into our sugya and says that Reish Lakish is of the opinion, back to our initial Shaila, that there's only Shvach Neurim, that if I, uh, if I were to injure someone else's daughter, the money that goes to the father is only Shvach Neurim, but injury money always goes to the daughter. Rav Yochanan Amar Afilu even a low-level type of injury. So the Gemara is now already splitting hairs. There's a uh, a stronger level of injury called a, um, a ksifa, where there's like a real injury, a chabala, where you really hurt someone, and a psiya's lower level. It says the Gemara, psiya salkadaitach, really? Even Rebbe Lazar wasn't so happy about uh, this idea unless there was a chabala. Because when there's a chabala, that really does lower her cost. But when there's a low-level injury, it's a bruise. It's going to go away. It's not, it's no stitches. Again, I don't know where the halachic lines are between psia and that's not what I'm saying. I'm just giving it as an example. There's a difference between uh, elbowing someone in the face and giving them a little bruise, a little black eye, um, and uh, and cutting their face open and them needing you know some jagged Frankenstein stitches. Those are very different. So then this says the Gemara, Amar of Yossi Bar you're right, but Shepatzad Bifaneha Kaspa. The Gemara says, yeah, but the face, the face got injured. When the face gets injured, things are different. And Kaspa. When a person's face is injured, it's different than when they have a bruise on their arm. That's why the Gemara makes this distinction. We'll stop right here. Mir Sashem will pick up tomorrow with Peiches Aleph, three lines down, four lines down, wishing you all a beautiful night. I know you're fast